Hey guys, it is Kara McCarran with She's the Owner podcast. Um, I know it's been a minute since I <clears throat> created some content around She's the Owner. I'm, I'm videotaping this as well so that I can post um, and have some versatility in, in the content I'm creating. So I don't know how long this is going to go. I have a lot to talk about. Um, I have recently um, attended the Date with Destiny event with Tony Robbins. I don't know if some of you have heard of it or not. Um, really, really life-changing. So I think I'm going to get into a little bit of what I learned at that event. It was, um, it kicked my ass. And this is the thing about those events. Whenever I go to one that I've never gone to before, I always have these moments of where I want to punk out and leave. And this was no different. And so for me on day one, the, the part that I think really freaked me out or you know, caught me off guard was um, realizing that I'd gone there alone. So, <clears throat> excuse me, typically I go with a friend and I know a lot of the people there, but I, I think normally what happens is I go with people that I know and then I see my friends who are in the Tony Robbins community and everybody's happy and I'm with my group of people and everything's really awesome. This time I went alone and I really sincerely did not realize it until I think it was the middle of the first day or maybe just before Tony came on and I had this I'm clumsy and anyone who knows me I bump into stuff and I can't hurt myself you know I've sprained my ankle in Philadelphia last summer and I just do dumb shit like that but I had this moment of realization where I was like if I get hurt here I'm alone like I don't have any of my friends here where you know, who could make me feel better or I could be like kind of sucky with or whatever. And it freaked me out. And I thought, holy shit, like I know probably 500 people at this event, but I don't know any of them. Like they don't know my history. I didn't grow up with them or I don't hang out with them outside of this outside of these events. And it really freaked me out. So um, sometimes what happens to me when I go to these events, I have this moment of Really, where I think Tony doesn't know anything, and I, it's a bold statement, obviously, he knows a ton of shit, but I get this moment of panic, and it's like, I start to think about, what am I doing at this event, you know, like, I, I just really do start to freak out and panic about it, and so, this was no different, it happened to me at my first Unleash the Power Within, and it happened, um, <clears throat> excuse me, at this event, so, I just have this time where I'm like, I, I don't need this. This is, I'm good. I don't need to sit here and I don't need to learn anymore. I've gone to all these UPWs. And really all that is for me is fear and being in my masculine energy where I don't want to be pushed and my ego is front and center and, you know, not mature masculine. I'm really talking about immature masculine energy. Um, so anyway, I stayed up, of course. I mean, I had no options. I wasn't about to leave. Um, and it turned out to be the most incredible event I've ever been to. And I, if you know me and if you've, even if you've listened to the show at all, you'll know that I do speak very highly of these events. Um, they've changed the life of myself and my kids. And, um, I always have really beautiful things to say about it, but it is still a ton of work and people, you know, I think they forget or they don't realize maybe that it's not a big, you know, dance part yeah we do dance and we jump around and we kind of act silly and get into peak state but a lot of work is done at these events so 
part of it, and I'm going to be really transparent with you, I think it's really important that I have this conversation in the way that I'm about to have it. Um, my husband and I, Ken, who have been together for 20 years, um, the last three years we've been uh, separated, and separated is a loose term. Um, we've got four kids together, we work our, comp our first company together, and <clears throat> we love each other very much. We've always loved each other very much. We've always been really good friends, but we've had challenges like any other couple. And I think that's truer now than ever before. I, I have a new realization of what the, what the struggles are actually about when it comes to couples and um, beyond that and with your kids and everything. So I don't want to get too far ahead. So he and I, um, have been separated technically for about three years or just about three years. It would have been in January. And I, you know, we're really open. He's been through with or watched me go through Tony Robbins events and take our kids to that. He's never been to one himself. Um, <clears throat> so if you've ever seen the documentary, I'm Not Your Guru, there's a part in it where Tony has this woman call her husband or her boyfriend and break up with him. And the joke was, I was part of why I, I, the decision to go to date with Destiny was really, really fast. It wasn't something that I'd planned. Um, I actually had said for a long time, I'm going to go, I'm going to go. And I always had some bullshit reason why I couldn't. And a really good friend of mine made it so I had no option. Um, she helped me out getting there and just took all the barriers away from me. So I really had no excuse as to why I wasn't going to go this year. So the joke was, though, because Ken and I were sort of, like we're always close, we always hang out, we always talk, but we were established that we're, we're not a, a romantic couple, but that there was something there and we weren't really quite sure and all these kind of weird feelings were around it. And so when I was going to date with Destiny, I knew part of why I was going was to make a decision one way or another, whether I was going to continue this, like I would, I used to refer to it as a purgatory or if we were just going to cut it off and I was going to come home and get divorced. And he made jokes about, you know, on day four, which is relationship day, if the phone rang in the middle of the day and it was me, he wasn't answering because he, he knew what Tony was going to make me do. And that's obviously a joke. Tony doesn't make anybody do anything. But it was funny. Like, you know, we, we made that joke a bunch of times before I got there. So day four happens. Day, day one, two, three were amazing. A lot of insight. I was learning a ton about my values and what I was doing that was totally fucked up and why I was doing what. I, and I always say, Unleash the Power Within helps you understand what you're doing that's fucked up. Date with Destiny helps you understand why you're doing what's fucked up. And that's a huge distinction because it's great to know the stuff that's not working for you. But if you don't know why you're doing it, then you just keep doing it. And that was true for me. I mean, I had a lot of times where I was like, is that what I, is that why I'm doing what I'm doing? Holy shit. Like, it just made no sense. And I'll get into that maybe in another podcast or even at the end of this one. But so day four rolls around. I make this big decision. That's, you know, Tony has us do a couple of activities. One of them is write, And this is like late two in the morning, I think it was, where to write our, our lover or beloved rather um, a letter or write your future lover, beloved, a letter. And I thought... So I have two options here. I could either write this for Ken, knowing that he and I are not in alignment on many things, or I could write it for somebody in the future. And so it, the easier decision would have been to write it to Ken. So I made the decision to write it to the person I didn't know existed yet. 
And it was fun. Like I, I took off any of the, um, expectations I would have had or any of the, you know, well, if I write this and he reads it, like I took, I just wrote it. I just got in my heart and my feminine and I wrote it. And then I looked at it and I thought, yeah, this is not Ken and no disrespect to him. It just wasn't, he was not fitting the mold of what I thought was alignment for me. So <clears throat> one of the big decisions I made was I'm going to get the divorce. And, um, and the other decision was I was going to sell one of my companies. And I was so certain, um, and if you've gone to UPW, you'll understand that that's one of my needs, um, is certainty. I was so certain that's what I wanted. And I mean, you know, I've made the, I, re I made the resolve to, to do it and I felt good about it and I felt sad about it because it was over, but I felt really excited because I could let it go and not be attached to this relationship or this version of a relationship that just did not work for me at all or him. But that was the decision I had made. Divorce is, is imminent. So I get home. Well, let me back up. There, there was a, an exercise we did around um, feminine and masculine energy. And this was like, probably for the first time in my life, I witnessed what both of those energies actually look like on a visceral level. So I've... Um, always understood, well, not always, but I've understood it intellectually. And that's always m my thing is because I'm in my masculine. I can understand things intellectually, but I didn't understand them in my body. And so I, I always, I've been making jokes and I'm going to talk the way I talk. And I'm, if I offend people, then I do, but this is who I am and I'm not um, shying away from it anymore. And, and the, the reason I mention that is because the way that I'm going to tell this to you, I think a lot of women will understand it. And that's important because we can't talk openly about how we feel and what we're doing if we're not being open, right? We can't, it's just bullshit otherwise. And so I'm done with bullshit. Um, I turned 44 last week and I've decided that I'm not, there's some things that are going to shift even more in, in my 44th year on this planet and um, not sugarcoating it. I know probably a lot of you are like what you're sugarcoating. Yeah, some of the time I still am. So anyway, I walked into the into this event with my penis firmly in my hand. And I mean my metaphorical penis. I don't have a penis. But my, you know, metaphorical penis, aka my masculine energy, the thing I've been living in since I was 10 years old probably. And thanks to Date with Destiny, I understand why. I've been in that masculine role all this time. But I walk into this event with that in mind. And <clears throat> the day that we did this exercise, and it was a dancing exercise, and, you know, Sage was there and Tony was there, and it was really incredible having both of them at, at various points throughout the event. So we do this, this exercise where Tony gets the ladies to stand up, and there's about 4,200 or 5,000, somewhere in that neighborhood, people, and about half of us were women. And he has a stand up and he's telling us to, to like, just open up and be, feel really in your body and we're going to dance and said, you know, come out of your seats and get into the hallway, like into the aisles where you've got some room to move around and we're just going to have a dance party basically was kind of what we were after. 
So first song comes on and it's um, Cindy Lauper's um, Girls Just Want to Have Fun. I'm a kid from the 80s, so that music, I'm like, Mlech, you know, it's cute, whatever. But I don't feel anything really in my body when I hear that song. But I kind of played along and I started to get to the, the groove or whatever. And then the lights go down <clears throat> and it's all red. And um, Rihanna's um, S&M song comes on and I lit up because I love that song. It's very like, you know, gritty and like, it's just like deep beats and I love it. And so Freak got, you know, I always make jokes about like the, the Freaky Kara came out and so I was like, my eyes were closed and I was dancing and I was having the best time and then this other song comes on by Sarah Brightman called, um, what's it called? You Take My Breath Away. And it was like, so that one is like more Middle Eastern kind of song. It's got a, a very sensual beat behind it. And it was like all of a sudden it just clicked. And I started to move my body as if there was like a man behind me. And I was, you know, physically trying to just get into my feminine energy. And I always make jokes about like I was holding my penis and then uh, 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 it was gone. Like I couldn't hang on to it anymore. And so I was there standing and dancing fully in my feminine energy. And it was like fucking unbelievable. Like for the first time ever in my life, I understood it when I was in it and not looking back like, oh, maybe I felt in my feminine then. It was like, no, right in this moment, I feel like a fucking goddess and it's beautiful. And I'm, and I open my eyes and I see all the girls, all of them around me and throughout the auditorium just moving their body and like you can see women on the screen and it was so beautiful and in between each of these songs Tony would say okay gentlemen now make sure you sh like let the ladies know how you're feeling about about what they're doing and they would cheer us on and like it was such a beautiful exchange of energy it wasn't like you just felt so completely appreciated in that moment as a woman and so we sit down and, you know, we're all kind of feeling ourselves. And it was like this beautiful thing. And then the boys, the men, the boys get up and, well, Tony puts on um, uh, Braveheart. So, oh, excuse me, long day. Tony puts on Braveheart. And it this it's the scene where Mel Gibson's going back and forth with the, the guys. And he's, you know, you'll let, you may take our... I'm not even sure what he says, but he, he finishes it with, but you'll never take our freedom. And Tony, the lights go back up. Tony stands up and he just pumps his fists in the air and he yells, freedom, really, really loud. And all of a sudden, all the guys, like no instruction, they just stood up and said freedom. And you have like over 2,000 guys and Tony just like owning the shit out of their masculinity. And it was so beautiful. And they just kept doing it over and over again, freedom. And they would yell. And, and like, in that, I just got shivers even talking about it. In that moment, you felt so safe and so cared for. And like, nothing was going to touch us. No one could hurt us in that moment. You felt totally safe. And a lot of what Tony talks about um, when it comes to women and men going in and out of their feminine and, and masculine energies women for example for us to feel safe to be in our feminine energy we need to feel safe 
we need to feel heard, and we need to feel understood. So he always refers to it as the three U's. So if a woman is feeling unsafe, unheard, and misunderstood, she's going to eventually go into her masculine. And in that moment, you just didn't feel any of those things. And that's why we were able to be in our feminine witnessing these beautiful men. And so this, this whole day happened and I'm very in my feminine. I have a very easy way to recall it and, you know, kind of trigger myself and anchor myself back into that state. So fast forward to getting back home and I'm talking to Ken about all this stuff and I show him my values board and my mission statement and my purpose and all this really cool stuff because he always loves to hear about what I've done when I've been to these events. And I read my relationship vision and... And I'm still in my, I'm totally in my feminine, but I'm not looking to him for anything except, so I had no expectation. I was just sharing it. And he's like, yeah, well, like that, like that sounds like I could do that. And I was like, oh, I hadn't even considered it, reading it to him as if for any purpose, it was just sharing. So, you know, I'm still like, well, I'm pretty sure I'm divorcing this guy and whatever, you know, but like. He's my best friend. I'm not going to just, let's just kind of see what happens. So we get to, I'm just going to take a sip of water here. We get to New Year's and I have this goal setting party and I invite him and I don't like to even speak in front of my friends. And so I realized I was really trying, I, when I invited him after that, I was like, oh my God, I don't want him to come because he's going to have to watch me do this stuff, which is, you know, my coachy kind of stuff that I like to help my friends with and people that I know. I don't want him to see that. So I was like backpedaling, trying to give him reasons. Oh, you don't need to go. It's fine. And he's like, no, I'm, I want to come for you. I want to, I want to support you. And I was like, okay, but mm. so he shows up and he participated fully. And I can tell you that witnessing that um, was, in 20 years probably, next to watching him become a father, uh, was like the most beautiful fucking thing I've ever seen this guy do. And it was like, I knew that this person was in there and I've always said to him, I want to be this power couple. And he's always like, what does that even mean? And I think now maybe he has an idea of what it means, like watching him interact and engage and like, you know, go through the process of setting goals. And in his goals and his personal goals, he said he wanted to reconnect with me and build this relationship back up. And I said, I want to have a passionate and, you know, healthy, committed relationship with a like-minded individual. And I didn't name him, but he named me. And so he totally called me out, made me look like an asshole. I say that jokingly. It didn't make me look like an asshole, but, um, we were like, it was just, a, it, it was what I've always envisioned us to be. And it was incredible. Like it was, I felt strong. I felt like I could let him lead and actually come into his masculine, which is the thing. And I talk to my friends about this stuff all the time. And, I, and ladies, you know, I love you, but probably I would say 99 out of 100 of my girlfriends are in their masculine. And we talk about this stuff openly because it's why we're unhappy and so in the end, Ken and I decided we're working it through. And Tony and Sage, I've heard they've said things like they're in the car together and that's it. Like there's nobody, no one, neither of them are getting out. And this is again, metaphoric, but you know, their relationship is the car and they're in that car and they're going to do whatever it takes 
to stay in that fucking car. And so Ken and I use that analogy now and we're both in the car. And he even, you know, he said to me at one point a few months ago, I've always, he's always been in the car, but he never did what needed to be done to get me to bring my foot back in the car. Cause I'd always had one out. And after we did this exercise together on new year's, he said to me, um, you just have to trust me. And the way he said it was like such conviction and strength and mature masculine that I had no comeback. I was like, yeah, you're right. And now I do. And so we're both in the car and it's beautiful. But one of us had to call uncle, right? And so that's the thing about this, ladies, is that I I came into the relationship firmly in my masculine energy, which if you want to just break it down, um, I heard recently, um, it it's like... You know, it's like hunter mentality or hunter mode when we're in our masculine. We're getting shit done. We're making decisions. It's go, go, go. We're focused on goals. We're doing all that. And you have to have that, no question. But the energy of feminine is to just chill and lean back into it. And um, it's a totally different vibe. It's like you're, you're just releasing and you're just getting into this space where you're not forward, you're, kind, you're leaning back, and it's a beautiful way to say it. But one of you, and it has to be you, if you're in a heterosexual relationship, um, and if you're in your masculine, it has to be you. It had to be me. I, I didn't release the masculine energy or leave my penis in West Palm Beach um, for any reason except that's what needed to happen for me. And when I came home, and he noticed, he instantly got into his masculine energy, and we've not switched back since. And the crazy part is now he can call me out and say, it feels like you're kind of slipping back into masculine mode. And I'm just, he, you know, it's like a gut check, right? He's just like letting me know that I'm kind of slipping and I go, I get it. And then I instantly, I ask myself, why am I doing that? Like, and then I will say to him, am I feeling unseen, unsafe, or misunderstood in this moment? And he may look at it and say, yeah, you are. And so then all of a sudden there's this dialogue that's happening that wasn't happening before, before it would have been, you know, I, I got freaked out. I probably didn't feel safe in the relationship. So my instant reaction would be go back to my masculine and start trying to boss everybody around and try to make everything happen. And like, I'm not soft anymore. I'm not vulnerable anymore. I'm not intuitive anymore. I'm not, none of the things that we talk about and she's the owner. So just being able to have that dialogue where it's not, Oh, you're a fucking asshole or you're a bitch. It's like, none of that's happening. It's, you know, check yourself. Okay. So if I'm feeling, if I'm going like this, then what does that mean? And you know, we're just, it's a totally, totally different dynamic. And fear comes up all the time. There's tons of times throughout the last month and a half where I'm flipped out. Like I'm worried or, or last month rather, I'm, I'm scared about being in the car, quote unquote, all that kind of stuff. But the conversation's really different. So 2020 is really going to be about me talking about this stuff in this way. And, and I'm going to continue to learn. And Ken and I are both going to do some podcasts together um, maybe even some videos together where we talk about his experience in this relationship with a masculine energy woman, my experience in what it's like now, because it's beautiful. And 
it's one one of you has to to relent and it really does have to be the woman and i promise you that when you do it's like this whole you know it's just little silly things like oh can you open this jar for me like no shit i can open it of course i can fucking open it but they want to be our hero and we've worked we take that away and it's not politically correct and you know a lot of women are going to be like well fuck i can do whatever great awesome i can do it all too i've had Four children, I have a stepdaughter, I've had many, many businesses, I've watched, you know, like, I've done it. Great. But guess what? It's fucking exhausting, always being in that role. And if you're being honest with yourself, and you're in your feminine answering this question and thinking about these things, then you will be really open about the fact that you don't want to be in charge all the time, you don't want to be making decisions all the time, it's exhausting. And they want to. That's what's more here is that we can make these decisions together for sure. But like when it comes to going out for dinner, why do you have to be a control freak? You don't. Like it's just that way. We're used to it because we've swung the pendulum too far the other way. But when if you're being real about it and you're really acknowledging the beauty and being in your feminine divine, it feels good to let them help you out. It feels good to let them take control over certain situations. Um and that's it. Like it's, it, again, it's not about, I can be a bot, boss out in the world and I am, I make decisions like that all the time. But when I'm at home with my man in my relationship, if I'm busting his balls all day, he's not going to stick around. I wouldn't, you know, cause there's no, there's no point or purpose to it. Why am I being a bitch? And, and so one of the, I'll give you really quick, um, cause I want to save it for the next one, but the way that you put a man into his feminine Three things. You criticize them. You close yourself off from them physically, emotionally, and if you try to control them. And so that's part of why Tony did the whole exercise of freedom. You, you, If you try to take a man's freedom away, freedom of choice, freedom of thought, freedom of moving around the house, all that stuff, they feel the caged animals and they act and then they will revert and they will go into their feminine. And nobody... In his, like that's what polarity is, right? Like the man does not want to feel like that and the woman does not want to feel like that. And so once you switch back and you have polarity, there's peace, there's intimacy, there's passion. Like Ken and I are flirting like we just met. We've been together 20 years. It's ridiculous. Like the kids are even, and I've always said I want the kids to be like, get a room. The kids are like, get a room. Like it's like that now. And, and it's not a honeymoon feeling. I've had that feeling with him. It's not, it's this, this different kind of peace, level of peace. But, um, I had to let my penis go. That's it. And, um, anyway, so really excited about 2020. I hope you stay tuned. I'm still going to be talking to some badass, uh, female entrepreneurs, but this, this is, we're going to drill down. We're going to get really serious about this topic because, it's really why so many women are either single or in marriages that are not um, balanced and it's uncomfortable. And I'm certainly no expert on the subject, except I'm, I'm doing the work in my own marriage and I'm happy to share that with people. And, you know, there's tons of little ways we can get into our feminine energy. And so 2020, watch out. That's what it's going to be about. And I'm really excited. And I hope you um, come along for the journey. I love you guys. Talk to you soon.